Today's scripture lesson comes from Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. After Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This is a Messiah, Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians in the marketplaces, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. While they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out of the assembly, they attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some believers before the city authorities, shouting, these people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has entertained them as guests. They are all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying that there is another king named Jesus. The people and the city officials were disturbed when they heard this, and after they had taken bail from Jason and the others, they let them go. This is the word of God. Again, thank you for being here this morning. It's, it's good that we occasionally gather as a church family. Uh, I could tell during the sharing of the peace, the greeting, that some of you hadn't seen each other in a while, and it was great to see some of you reconnect. If you know the history of our congregation, you know that for the first, for the first 10 years that Wesley Memorial was out here on Chestnut Drive, this was the worship space. This was the only worship space for the first 10 years we were here um, before the, the chapel and the, and the sanctuary part of our campus was built. So it's sort of a homecoming to come into this place and worship. Um, and I enjoy blended worship. Uh, now, I, I know that in seminary we're all taught as a result of the, the, what we've now called the worship wars of the last 30 years. We're all taught in seminary that blended or combined worship is Greek for nobody gets what they want. They're all irritated. <laughs> um, but I love to see the diversity of the ways that God's people worship. And God speaks to each one of us differently, and we worship in many different ways across the globe. Speaking of the globe, you heard the text. When they, when they dragged Jason... Before the magistrates, they were shouting, these people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. Friends, would you pray with me? God, we, we pray that we'll do absolutely nothing this morning to hinder your work in this place, to hinder your work in our lives. God, save us from our addiction to control. Save us from our addiction to seeking security in very strange places. And help us to surrender and submit our lives to you. 
God, we pray that you'll give each one of us ears today to hear what you're saying to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Just want to share a few words with you this morning. I'm aware that I, I'm standing between you and brunch, and that's always a, a dangerous place to be. But I just want for a few moments to reflect on this passage of Scripture. Uh, Paul is in Thessalonica, northern Greece. He's doing what he's doing because he's passionate about changing the world. I don't care who you are, what your station in life is, what your background is, what your present circumstances are. God wants to use you to change the world. And he is using you to change the world. Uh, everything you do, every choice you make, either helps you become more heavenly or helps you become more hellish. Everything you do, every choice you make, the people around you are watching you. And they are watching in such a way that what you're doing helps them on their journey either closer toward Christ or closer away from Christ. So we are all busy changing the world. We want to change the world the way that Jesus Christ has claimed us and chosen us and filled us with his spirit in order to change the world. Just three brief things I want you to notice from this text as you think about how we Christians change the world. You'll notice first in this text, and it's basic to the Christian faith, is scattered throughout the scriptures is this. We believe we change the world. The most effective, fruitful way of changing the world is by making disciples for Jesus Christ. You see Paul here traveling all around the ancient Mediterranean world. Travel is much harder in that day than this day. But he is traveling all around the ancient Mediterranean world because he was changing the world by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping make disciples for Jesus Christ. You know, one of the last things Jesus said uh, post-resurrection but pre-ascension was go therefore and make disciples, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have taught you. That was our commission. We call it a great commission. He did not say, nothing wrong with these things, but he did not say to his earliest followers, go and confront Caesar. He didn't say to his earliest followers, go and go and confront all the social, economic, political ills of the day. He said, go and make disciples for Jesus Christ. We in the Christian community, and this has been born forth truthfully for the last 2,000 years, we believe that it is by making disciples of Jesus Christ that the world has changed. They think they're doing the important work in Washington, D.C. We're grateful for what, well, I guess we're grateful for what they do up there. <laughs> But we're the ones really doing the work of changing the world. It's not about what happens in the White House. It's about what happens in God's house concerning how the world has changed. So we are busy changing the world by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Here's Paul traveling the world. He's already gotten in trouble in Philippi. He has gotten in trouble in Berea. He's made his way to Thessalonica. We're in the northern part of Greece. He's made his way to Thessalonica. And here come some Jewish religious leaders following him to make sure he gets in trouble again. And there he was in Thessalonica. He's going through all of this so he can 
preach the gospel, make disciples of Jesus Christ. You saw that when he first went there, he went to the Jewish community. He opened the scriptures for them, which for them would have been what we call the Old Testament. He opened the scriptures for them, and he taught them that the Messiah would not only come, but that the Messiah must suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. That was the novel piece that we Christians were proclaiming about this Jesus. The people he encountered that day in the synagogue were already about halfway there regarding faith in Jesus Christ because they knew the scriptures, they were waiting for the Messiah. But that piece about Messiah suffering, dying, and being raised again from the dead was a novel piece. So he preached that. He was going all around the Mediterranean world, the Roman Empire of that time, in order to make disciples for Jesus Christ. That's the way we change the world. I hope you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. I hope you have experienced the joy of leading someone else into finding fullness of life in Jesus Christ and living as a faithful, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So we change the world by making disciples. We change the world when we as disciples have enough faithful courage to be different from the culture around us. Any of you, I'm sure many of you, how many of you have been to Portland, Oregon? Yeah, quite a few. I've only been to Portland, Oregon one time, spent 10 days there at a general conference of the United Methodist Church. Interesting place, Portland, Oregon. One of the things I remember about Portland, Oregon are all the bumper stickers that says, keep Portland weird. (laughs) You will see that frequently around Portland, Oregon, if you go there. Uh, While I'm a little concerned about how they define weirdness, I like the spirit of that. Keep Portland weird. We need to keep disciples weird. We need to be so different from the world around us. They think us strange. They think us weird compared to the world around us. We are the ones who march to the beat of a different drummer. We are the ones who have the faithful courage to not be controlled, and I don't care what age you are, you're still liable to be controlled by peer pressure. As disciples, we are called to have enough faithful courage to live differently, not to be blown about by all the winds of the culture, not to be blown about by all the fads that come through our culture. We should have the courage to be, to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ that confuses the world around us. I like the way the King James Version uh, translates uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This was the way I learned it because I was raised on the King James. King James translates 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 this way. Peter is speaking to the Christian community, and he says, Ye, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, I know some of you are a little more peculiar than others. That's a good phrase we use down south, or at least we used to, peculiar. Comes from the King James Version of the Bible. And I know that a lot of more modern contemporary translations translates that Greek word as you're a special possession of God. And we are special. We are peculiar. We belong to God. We need to have enough courage to live as peculiar people, to live differently from the world around us. If we blend in with the crowd... Something is desperately wrong with with our faith walk. So hopefully we come together every Lord's Day to worship God and to experience Him anew and to recommit to living differently in the world 
because that's what we're called to do. And lastly, we're not only committed to changing the world through making disciples. We're not only committed to being disciples who are brave enough to live distinctively different from the world around us. We have to be willing to pay a price. I've been waiting all week. Um, been excited about this service for many reasons, but I've been waiting all week to introduce you to Jason. You read about Jason in the text a few moments ago. Chances are this might have been the first time you've ever heard about this Jason of Thessalonica. He's not one of the, you know, one of the big heroes in the Bible. Hopefully you read the Bible enough. You, you've run across this Jason of Thessalonica a few times. We know almost nothing about this Jason. We do know nothing outside of this text about this Jason. He evidently was part of the Jewish community there in Thessalonica. He probably gave his heart to Jesus Christ as Paul showed up to the synagogue preaching Jesus Christ. And then it was Jason who invited Paul and his entourage to stay in his house. It was Jason who showed hospitality. I know that there's a lot of Marthas in this room in a lot of different ways. You do an amazing job of showing hospitality. So many people around our community benefit from the hospitality that you show. But hospitality, showing hospitality, which is really opening not just our homes, but our hearts to other people, is a Christian practice, Christian hospitality. Here Jason opened his home for Paul and that entourage. That's a simple thing, but, you know, if Jason had not done that, Paul might not have made it out of Thessalonica. So not only did he open his home, his heart and his home, to Apostle Paul, I think the text implies that this Jason hid Paul when the angry mob came after him, like a Cory Ten Boom hiding the Jews during World War II. I think it was Jason who opened his home, opened his heart, and then hid Paul when the angry mob came after him. He was willing to pay the price. He just was living a simple ministry of showing hospitality. You know, all of us are called to do things that are rather simple. Most of what we do to change the world is rather simple. Just offering that cup of cold water in the name of Christ, uh, housing somebody for a season, showing Christian hospitality. We do that in so many ways. So don't ever undervalue Christian hospitality. Every interaction we have with everybody either helps them get closer to Christ or move further away from Christ. So that ministry of hospitality is very important. It was Mother Teresa one time of Calcutta who said we can not all do great things, but we can do small things with great love. So we're called to be disciples. We're called to live in distinctive ways from the community around us. Uh, people in your life should know that you're a Christ follower, and that's what organizes and motivates your living. But we, we're the people who are willing to pay the price for the sake of the gospel. Now, sometimes we have to pay the price when we don't even know that we're getting ready to pay the price. The only thing Jason did was to open his home to some traveling missionaries. But he got into some good trouble as a result of opening his home 
for these traveling missionaries. And he paid a price. He actually opened his pocketbook. You saw it in the text. He paid what looks like a bail for the Apostle Paul, basically saying to the magistrates, they're going to leave town. They're going to leave town. And if they don't leave town, or if they come back, me, Jason, I'll lose what I've placed forward as a bail. And that appears to be what Jason did here. He paid the price, literally, uh, financially, for Paul to be able to peacefully leave the city of Thessalonica. Sometimes it's important that, we, that we're willing to pay the price even to get in trouble when we don't want that or anticipate that or didn't see it coming. Here was Jason who got in trouble. He was willing to open his pocketbook and help the Apostle Paul out. So we're busy changing the world in so many ways. You know, the text says, and they thought this was a... Um, an insult. The text says about these early Christians, these people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. I hope that each one of us, and certainly we together as a community, we're known as the people who are turning the world upside down. And of course, it feels like, it feels like we're turning the world upside down from their perspective. What they don't understand is we're actually turning the world right side up. But it feels like we're turning their worlds upside down. We're turning the world right side up because we know what God's kingdom looks like. And we know that one day God's kingdom will come on this earth just like it's presently being lived out in fullness right now today in heaven. One day the kingdom will come here on this earth just like it's being lived out in heaven. One day God's will will be done here on this earth just like it's being done perfectly right now in heaven. So we live now. We live now as if that kingdom has come into this world and that kingdom has come into this world and has captured our hearts, has captured our lives. There'll, there'll be a day when God's kingdom will come and all the brokenness, all the pain, all the divisions, all of the conflict that's part of this world will pass away. There'll come a time when the kingdom comes that um, there'll be no more automobile accidents to take away loved ones. And we're those people who know that day is coming. And we are those people that can live every day being motivated as kingdom people who see a different reality, who see more than other people around us can see, who can see things that people around us cannot see, who can see a reality that's greater than any pain we suffer here in this world. So we're going to leave this place in a few moments as the body of Christ which is the physical presence of Jesus in the world. That's who we are, the body of Christ, the physical presence of Jesus in the world, animated by the Spirit of Jesus, allowing Jesus to continue his work through us. We're going to leave this, this space in a few moments, and we're going to go out and change the world. One person at a time, one heart at a time, we're going to change the world. But before we do that... We're going to, in a few moments, uh, Clark, you can go ahead and come up. In a few moments, we're going to profess faith 
in Jesus Christ and in God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. One of the things we Christians do is we profess faith on a regular basis. And the worse that life becomes, the more boldly we profess faith. Because we know this is truth, this is reality. And one day all the circumstances of this world will surrender to this reality. So we're going to boldly profess faith this, this morning. And the world around us does not understand this faith, but we do. We're going to boldly profess faith. And then after that, we're going to sing our final hymn. And I do invite you to pray. However, the Lord chooses to finish this sermon, this message, in your heart this morning. Let the Spirit finish uh, the proclamation of the Word in your heart this morning. So after we profess faith, we'll, we'll sing, uh, It is well with my soul. Um, I invite you to respond in prayer in whatever way the Spirit leads you to respond. I, I particularly invite you to pray for Frank's friends and family, and particularly his wife, Kathy. Uh, there is some space down front. There's a prayer rail, two prayer rails down front. I believe seven of our Stephen ministers will be here to pray with us, uh, anoint with oil. That oil symbolizes the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But there is some room down front if you feel led to come uh, down front and pray with Stephen ministers or offer a prayer on these, these, these prayer rails. However the Holy Spirit wants you to finish this sermon, however the Holy Spirit wants you to finish this time of worship, may you and may each one of us be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Let us stand together as we affirm our faith of the Apostles' Creed 